This is a CBC Podcast. We've got the Mounties and municipal police forces, and soon we'll have the marshals. Who will be in charge of those police officers? We learned a bit more on that this week. For more on it, we've reached our political reporter here at CBC Saskatchewan, Adam Hunter, and Phil Tank, who writes a column for the Saskatoon Star Phoenix. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning. Adam, what's the latest on the marshals? Well, the government, uh, the premier signed an order in council last week, which uh, gave the directive towards what the marshals, I guess, mandate objectives is going to be and a reminder to people that this service won't be operational until 2026. The government's pegging the cost annually at $20 million, $7 million uh, this year to set it up. Uh, but after that, who knows what it'll cost? The, the 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 minister has said that you know there's going to be uh, a mandate for this police service to uh, deter, detect, and disrupt criminal activity, primarily in uh, rural and remote areas of the province. They're also going to have a focus on uh, finding people who are on outstanding warrants and bringing them in. Uh, the one uh, big question that was raised by the opposition uh, was that, according to this document, uh, the deputy minister of policing will be the uh, in place of a board as far as uh, over, oversight of this service. Now, the minister says that that is only temporary uh, It's until a board is in position, but uh, she did say that they're going to hire a chief marshal before that, that they'll be acquiring, uh, you know, weapons and equipment and things like that before that, that board is established. Uh, Nicole Sarr, the uh, critic for policing for the NDP, says that's a slap in the face to the rule of law, that there should be a board in place and that that model that the government is setting up is is not in place anywhere in Canada where the ministry is is responsible for this police force uh, and in place of a board. Uh, so that is one of the many questions we still have about this marshal service as it's still a few years away from being operational. Phil, what are the questions you still have about Saskatchewan marshals? Uh, well, there was lots. I mean, even the, uh, according to the minister herself, uh, we, we don't know what their duties are going to be, uh, quote, broad, unquote. Uh, so I, I wrote a column that's running in uh, Saskatoon Star Phoenix and Regina Later Post on Saturday, sort of likening it to a posse, right? You're just sort of handing out guns and saying, you know, hey, uh, let's get going and chase some outlaws. Um, I, I think, yeah, I'm surprised that we're kind of uh, still this vague at this stage. It seems like the government doesn't really know what this wants to be. And, you know, I sort of view this as, you know, they, they, they clearly, uh, you know, since about a year ago, uh, adopted a lot of the policies that were out there uh, in 2020, 20, um, the kind of sovereignty-minded policies from the Buffalo Party. And the Buffalo Party, one of their planks was a, a provincial uh, police force to replace the RCMP. The marshals aren't that, at least as we're hearing it. But, um, you know, you could see where they're sort of doing that. And of course, it worked to extinguish the Buffalo Party, but uh, the United <laughs> Saskatchewan United Party has come up since. Um, so, yeah, I'm surprised. I, I think the questions of uh, oversight are legitimate, especially when you see uh, what's happened with the Prince Albert Police Department and the internal invest- investigation there and the province's refusal to release the entire report. Uh, there's questions about this government's commitment to police oversight uh, and, and how long it took them to finally get uh, a police oversight in this province. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of uh, communities that are unset, dissatisfied with our with RCMP and RCMP contract services. But I think what's prohibited a lot of them is is the cost. You look what's what's happening in Surrey, where they decided to establish a uh, Surrey, British Columbia, where they decided to establish a municipal force, and then they decided it's going to be too expensive, so we're going to go back to the RCMP. And the province last month said uh, the provincial government of BC said, "No, you're going forward. We'll give you 150 million dollars." Alberta wanted to, you know, part of the planks of the governing party there was to establish a provincial police force. They backed away from that. So it's kind of running against what other, what's happening elsewhere, right? Where, uh, you know, to sort of like, again, it's not, it's, we're not hearing that this is uh, replacing the RCMP, but it kind of is, right? It's kind of taking on some of their duties. So other other jurisdictions are kind of backing away from this. So it's an interesting thing to be going forward with. And I'm curious about the cost because the cost of what I'm been prohibited uh, elsewhere. Yeah, and we will definitely track that as the spending and the creation of this force goes along. The Premier is also pushing back again against Ottawa's plans for greener power in our country. What's the latest on that, Adam? Well, the, the Premier really just doubling down on uh, the news conference that he had with SAS Power a couple of months ago where they kind of uh, preemptively uh, said that you know, whenever these, these standards or these rules get released that have now been released by the federal government, we won't be going along with them uh, because we can't afford it and it's not feasible in Saskatchewan. He calls it unrealistic. He did that again recently here in reaction to it, uh, claiming that it's going to double power rates uh, if the province were to go along with these rules and get to a net zero grid by 2035. Of course, the province is committed to 2050 as well. Uh, that is also the commitment of, of the Alberta government. Um, the critics of, of Premier Mo will say that uh, you know there's SAS Power hasn't shown its math on how this is exactly going to double. That the documents from the federal government don't show that at all. Uh, I believe they're under 10 percent even. So there's uh, maybe. Uh, I'm not exactly sure exactly, but it's it's well under doubling. And there's uh, also questions about the the criticism is why hasn't the government been more aggressive with wind and solar? And that is part of the reason why maybe this is not as realistic for Saskatchewan as it is for perhaps other provinces or other jurisdictions who uh, invested more money into wind and solar and, and that is not as uh, unreliable or unstable of a power source as the government is claiming because they don't have enough of it, Saskatchewan will still get to run its natural gas plants under these rules. And they're sort of uh, foreshadowing uh, a bit of a a legal standoff again. Uh, The province has been clear about where it thinks its jurisdiction lies as far as what it burns, how much it burns, and, and, you know, how it runs its electricity grid. And the Premier's made you know uh, no uh, bones about in the past that they'll they'll go to court if they need to. Uh, they obviously set up the Saskatchewan First Act uh, as sort of a precursor to this. Although there's questions about whether that will be something that will be brought up in in a legal challenge at some point, but that seems to be where this is headed. And so, Phil, what's this mean for us, those of us whose SAS power bills were already going up? The Premier says they could go up a lot more and that he'll fight this. In the meantime, where does that leave us? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's, there's certainly a perception among some that uh, that we uh, have not done enough on the renewable side, uh, that we did spend, you know, a billion dollars on uh, carbon capture. And it's interesting that carbon capture is also part of the uh, federal liberals plan. It's a big part of their, uh, you know, clean energy uh uh, regulations like it's you know you're supposed you, uh, if you have carbon capture you're allowed to keep um, I believe you're allowed to keep operating uh, natural gas plants and and you know um, when you look at Alberta for example prior to their recent pause of um, of uh, renewable projects for what appear to be uh, kind of uh, unclear reasons or ideological reasons, uh, they've made a lot more progress in that area than, than Saskatchewan has. We, we seem to have been really lagging. So who knows, maybe there's an opportunity for Saskatchewan and Alberta putting their projects on pause for six months for uh, Saskatchewan to kind of pick up some slack there. But, you know, as far as the challenge in courts, I'm not quite sure how this one ch- ends up any differently than the chart than the challenge to the carbon tax. I mean, the basis the basis there was that the federal government has jurisdiction to fight uh, fight uh, climate change or to address climate change because it is a national concern. Uh, I think the same arguments would be made. I don't think the Supreme Court has changed substantially enough that we would expect any different uh, outcome. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess it's a chance to test the Saskatchewan Act in in uh, court, but I, uh, you, you make a good point that, you know, for people, it's just about the power rates, right? Like, it's about how much this is going to uh, cost them. And that's kind of, that's kind of unclear, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, a very expensive, you know, non-existent uh, small modular nuclear reactor technology, which, of course, is going to be prodigiously expensive, and it's not going to happen without uh, federal support. So I, I, I do wonder sometimes whether these are just sort of rhetorical uh, arguments that, that, that you know, like, do I think if, if 2035 hits and we, we, we're not at net zero, that someone's going to sh- turn off the lights the way Premier Mo has suggested? I actually don't think that's going to happen, or that someone's going to go to jail, as the uh, federal, federal environment minister has suggested. Uh, I'm not sure any of that's going to happen. Thanks very much, Phil. No, thanks. Adam, thanks. You're welcome. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.